When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For non-drowsy hay fever relief, try Telfast 180 milligram 70 tablets from Chemist Warehouse. Now only $42.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. is 601 this is Anzac Day Breakfast with Ricardo and Kempe and uh, lest we forget for those of you heading off to dawn services around the country uh, for Anzac Day travel safe and wrap up because she's uh, she's getting a bit chilly out there Kempe Uh, certainly know that winter is on the way Uh, Kanga o te ao, moi mai, moi mai, moi mai rā. Moi mai rā, ki Hawaiki nui, ki Hawaiki roa, ki Hawaiki pāmāmao. Nō hō mai rā, koutou i te ahuru mōai o ngā ātua. Nō reira, a pute hono, tātou hono, ki te hongo mate, a pute hono, tātou hono, ki te hongo ora. Um, <coughs> Alright, atamari here, brother. Yeah, no, it is cold. Uh, just a mihi out there uh, to the passing of our... our uh, our fellow brothers, our tupuna, who went before us. And um, yes, I can imagine, I normally get up myself on a Anzac Day and, and go to the dawn service just to reflect on um, what what has gone before us. And of course, a big reflection too on life itself. Mm. Um, you know, when you think about it and, you know, there's no better 
um, way to celebrate today than uh, reflecting on who went and fought in those wars for us uh, to, to have our freedom um, today. So uh, everyone, everyone that's out there, travel safe this morning to uh, the dawn services. I know that a lot of people do go to the, those dawn services to pay their respects, and um, yeah, it might be cold, rug up. Rug up, rug up, and uh, uh, and enjoy uh, getting together and that remembrance as well uh, that everybody will be doing this morning uh, at different times of the morning because uh, I know uh, I'm in I'm in Tiaratu and the 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 RSA down there they do one at about ten, um, but then you know you obviously can come into into Auckland City if you're in Auckland and to the museum where they do the dawn service there and I know there's. When I, I I grew up out Howick, and there was always a dawn service at Howick mm. um, on Stockade Hill, which was actually the original stockade for when the colonials, the fencibles, as they were called, yeah, yeah. and they'd do it there. And that actually that's that's a stunning place to do a service, Kempi, because it looks uh, out east over the water. So you get uh, you know you look out east, sort of east and south over over the Hauraki Gulf, out towards Beachlands and Maraitai and that, and you mm. see the sun come up over the water, and you're on this hill, and you you you, you got a, a visitor of the whole of whole of Auckland pretty much. Yeah, it is, and Br- Browns Bay is exactly the same. They have a, a big service down there on the beach um, as, as you go down the hill into Browns Bay from the south. And you hit that first corner there, there's a, a couple of old guns that face out over the, the Waitamata. And um, yeah, you watch that sun come up, you know, six o'clock in the morning, the sun comes up, the service is people everywhere. It, it is a it is a great place to be, especially by the ocean too, when you're when you're sitting there and they're 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 playing the last stand and um, just thinking about, you know, what it must have been like. Because, mm. you know, you talk about going to war and, and sport. And going to battle, but there's nothing like going to war when you're fight, fighting for your life. And um, this morning's all about that when you wake up. So first thing I thought about, I've been up since three o'clock. You know, I sat down, I had a cup of tea, and it was the first thing I thought about um, was that Anzac Day and and you know all the all the family that at that time what it must have been like. Mm. You know, waking up and 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 knowing that your your um, your loved ones were actually going away to to fight for your freedom. So. Um, yeah, it's a. Although it's a sad day, it's, a, it's a, also for me it's a day of celebration too. Because although that fight ended uh, a long time ago, that fight for freedom is still going on today. And of course, you know, people should reflect on on how far they've come. You know, that's that's for me what today's all about. So um, we've got a big show on, mate. We're four hours. Yeah, so we'll be talking about. What we got coming up was, which is plenty today as far as sports go, and. Uh, culminating in that game tonight, which will be broadcasting here at Upper State on uh, SENZ, the Warriors versus Melbourne. For, um, just so you know, the first time ever, mm. the uh, the signs went up for sold out at Amy Park. Wow. Yep, last night. So you can't get a ticket to get in there. And Anzac Day, and I don't know if you've been to Melbourne on Anzac Day, like Melbourne Anzac Week mm. with AFL and Rugby League is unbelievable. You know, so uh, I hope they're ready because I know the storm will be ready, um, and we get to talk to Richie Agar later this morning about it and Ryan Hoffman. So, um, big day, big day in Melbourne. Yeah, massive around. day in Melbourne. I was going to say, big day for you, mate. I mean, if you were up at three having a cup of tea and you got commentated at eight thirty, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a, I'll get a little bit of a sleep in this morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what it's like, Rick Dog. As you get older, you don't need as much sleep. Um, but yeah, look, we'll get we'll get plenty in. There's I'm looking forward to uh, to watching the game tonight. Actually, you know we got um, Maratanua Kore back. 
you know, uh, Dallin's into his second game back from a long layoff. And you look at across both these teams, and both these teams, it's not as scary as it was last year in that 70-point drubbing, you know mm. what I mean? So um, I think I think we're in with a decent chance. I think we're paying overs at the TAB. Um, and Paul Mawadi's been saying that for the last couple of days, that people have been dr- jumping on the Warriors uh, to get this one. Which is great to see, you know, because uh, yeah, it has, it has been a bit ugly uh, from time to time. Actually, on that, we should talk the uh, rugby league because I think there was a bit of a feeling uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kempe, that well, Ballyache didn't have a great start to the season with the Storm. He was trying to figure a few things out, right? I mean, they'd lost the Bromwich boys. They'd lost Felice Kalfusi. They'd lost a lot of uh, grunt Brandon up Smith. front. Yeah, Brandon Smith, right? They'd lost a lot of go forward. Uh, but it, fe- it felt like he had found the right equation to get the Storm to work. And then Manly happened. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, so are we back to square one? What do you make of where the Storm are at at the moment? Oh, look, I, th- I think I'm... What I make of it, I think it's a competition um, problem at the moment, based on the uh, the length of the season last year. You know, like a lot of people have forgotten that a lot of these players went away to a World Cup and they've come back. and And, and I know this for a fact. You know, we're, we're talking um, only a couple of days ago about the the seasons and how they used to roll into each other. So you would go to play in the NRL and then you'd go to England in the winter and you'd play a winter season mm. and then you'd come back to the NRL and, and inevitably you'd lose form because the season was too long you didn't you didn't get a full off season in, um, and then at the end of the year you started to pick up you know whether it be through injuries or you drop through form you'd have a bit of a break and then you'd start to pick your form up well we had so many players I think Penrith for instance had 20 players go over to the World Cup um, Melbourne have got you know, you look through their team, they've got plenty that went over to the uh, to the World Cup. And I think the problem at the moment is that teams are just trying to get through it and it's actually even out the competition. So teams are f- falling in and out of form. The The game against Manly last week, like Manly can't tackle, mm. you know what I mean? And I don't know what Anthony Seabold said to them, but they came out and they re- reduced Melbourne to eight points. Now that's really hard. I think... It, I think um, throwing Munster back the fullback had something to do with that because you take away that threat, which is um, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster. Okay, so you put Munster at the back, it takes it away from Jerome Hughes and it takes it a little bit away from from Harry Grant because you don't have both threats on either side of the football field. Um, and then you're right, you know, with Melbourne, they lose not only those five those five players, but they also lose Pippenhausen. Mm. Um, now you have those. You take those players out of any team. They're, they're all marquee players. Then it's going to take a little while to build that team up. And to be brutally honest, we're seven rounds into the comp, and everyone's talking about Bellamy getting it right. Like he's just a freak that he can bring players into that environment. And I look, it's just not Craig Bellamy. You got to go back to the John Rebo and the Mark Murray days when they bought Tarwater over. The, you know what I mean? Um, Glenn Lazarus, those type of blokes to build the culture. And then over the years, you bring all these players through and they're coming into something that they know what they have to perform in. So his job's half done for him, you know. But when you look at um, the back row that he took from the Warriors and and Elisa Kotor and what he's done to him this year, you have a look at Nick Meaney taking him from Canterbury and what he's done with him over the last two years. He just has this ability to turn average players, Will Warbrick, out of the sevens into good footballers. You know, and I just, I just think this year for Melbourne, they will go, they will fluctuate, they'll go up and down, 
but they'll be there at the end of the year. Mm. They're just too good a side. Yeah, too good a side, uh, too good a leadership, uh, I think, too, is, you know, you pick a lot of that up. And, you know, it, it's like you said, you, you take it back to when they brought in uh, Tawara Nikau, uh, when they brought in Glenn Lazarus. And it gets used a little bit in sport, probably a little bit more than it should. But talking about a club having uh, success or experience or knowing how to handle things in their DNA, mm. that's exactly what you, that means, right? Well, it, it's a, a 100%. When you're talking DNA, if you're talking DNA in rugby league, you're talking either Brisbane Broncos under Wayne Bennett mm-hmm. or you're talking Melbourne under um, John Rebo, who came from Brisbane, you got to remember. So he came from Brisbane. Lazarus came from Brisbane. Um, Bellamy came from Brisbane. He came from under, under Bennett when Bennett was at C- Canberra. You know, so... He hasn't just built this overnight. He's learnt it as a player playing centre back row down in Canberra when was that way back in nineteen eighty three um, to to today and gone well. It's and you look at Bennett. What well, Bennett's doing to the Dolphins? What's worked for them? Yeah, you know, he's he's a pretty simple man, Wayne Bennett. You know, he doesn't he doesn't recreate the will. Like he says, I've been around this game for a long time. I've dealt with young blokes for a long period of time, and now I I know what they used to be like, and I know what they're like now, and I know how to get the best out of them. So when he goes up and uplifts those three players out of Melbourne, mate, there was a plan. Like, I need him. I need him. I need him. I need them to come into my team because they're going to give me that that 200 NRL game experience that I need that helps me build a DNA at the Dolphins, and then I'll just surround them with players that will buy into it. And and Craig Bellamy, um, Wayne Bennett, it's like father and son, you know, and it literally is father and son because Bellamy played under Bennett when he was at Canberra. Yeah, right. So it's that. It's that old. So the the, the DNA that's at Melbourne's actually Wayne Bennett's DNA. A hundred percent. So it's <laughs> Wayne. It like it's that. Wayne Bennett. You know, like um, I don't know how long Wayne's going to actually coach. You know, I know he's got Rudy Wolf up there at the moment as his assistant. You know, he's done mm. such a, a good job with Tonga. Um, but you just can't see Wayne going away. You know what I mean? Like he's. He's got the, the the Dolphins in the eight. Who would have thought, like, man, I didn't even pick it. I didn't didn't pick that the Dolphins, you know, but I didn't understand when you read about their success, their success is built on a Brisbane DNA that Wayne Bennett knew, you know what I mean? So he, he started his um, career up in Brisbane as a coach. Yeah. You know, he's a policeman up there. He played, played as a winger by all accounts and went all right. Um but he knows Brisbane, and of course, if you know Brisbane and Redcliffe, and where they're situated in Brisbane, there's this rivalry and this this you know passion there that they reckon rivals anything, and and he's got and he's got it going. So you can just imagine players going out there going, well, I'm not going to let them down, and I'm definitely not going to let Wayne Bennett down. So he's he's halfway home before he even kicks a kicks a football off, and then you look at that game last week at 26 down after 26 minutes. Argue, 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 uh, for argument's sake, yep. a point a minute in the first 26 minutes. They come back and win the game 28-26, you know what I mean? It's like, where did that come from? But that's what you get when you've got Wayne Bennett. I remember it shocked home up to the box up there, and he was going, you could see him going, stop, like, stop the leaking. And he just got them in at half time, and, mate, before you knew it, they're back in front again, you know? So um, that question about Melbourne, look, I just think, it's, it's what you. It's the if you want a team to be in at the moment in this type of competition, you want to be in the Melbourne side because Bellamy knows how to get them get them up. And in this competition at the moment, where there's four points that separate one to fifteen, then 
you're in a really good spot if you've got Bellamy as your coach. From a Warriors point of view, do you see a little bit of an echo of what you've just talked about with Bellamy picking up what he learned from Wayne Bennett, that DNA and and planting it in Melbourne, in terms of what Webby's brought over with him from under Cleary uh, to where the Warriors are? Yeah, look, I I see a lot of um, Daniel Anderson in Webby, you know what I mean? So I see how he's a young coach, one, he's a a ginger, you know, Mm. which is Ando was, and and they've got that attitude, you know, like if you know redheads, my, my two best mates are redheads, so if you know redheads, they don't suffer falls. And I haven't met a redhead that suffers a fall. And they and and he's so upfront. And I and that was like what Ando was, you know what I mean? And if you think about Ivan, well, you look at Ivan and Penrith, and I've said this all the time. Penrith have been a mirror image of the 2001-2002 Warriors side. You got Kikau out on that left edge. Well, we had Ali Lautiti. You got two two um, big centers and big wingers. Well, we had Francis and. And um, Henry, where Clinton Tupi and, and Vinnie Anderson, you know, you look at their halves at Jerome Luai, who's a, who was a flash forward with Mutu Tony, you know what I mean? You look at you look at the the, the freakish fullback, and of course we had bought, bought this kid over called Brent Webb, and Ivan's taken all of that, and he's just gone. Well, I knew what worked, and he's meshed that, but he's taken the culture, the DNA that he learnt here at the Warriors, because it's South Auckland, and he's gone and put it in Penrith, which is West Sydney, which is exactly the same. So he's had a really good um, footing and, and, and understanding of the foundation that needs to build to build that, that winning culture. And, and Webby's been right in it. So the transition, when you think about it, is pretty simple because he's been working in West, Western Sydney with the same culture. And he's just brought it over here and gone, well, I've seen how it works. I need you guys to buy into this. And what we've seen over the last seven weeks is plenty of buy-in. You know, and the good signings. You're talking about Dills Walker. Like, Dills Walker is a massive signing for them. If you look mm. at him, he's, for me, leading their... They have a thing called a player's player. So you go into the changing room after every game and the players walk around and they say, well, who is the best player today? They don't care about the journalists. Say, oh, no, I'm going to give it to Sean Johnson. The players know, mate. And I guarantee you Dylan Walker has picked up nearly every one of them. So he'll he'll be leading the, the players' player. He's been a fantastic signing for them. Yeah, I mean, magic, absolute magic uh, signing uh, for the Warriors. He's, he's just got so many strings to the bow, right? He can do he can play so many roles. But outside of that, it's even just the knowing how to win. Well, he has won, you know, as a teenager, he won a grand final with South Sydney against Canterbury. You know, he's been a manly, he's been in numerous finals, New South Wales, Australia, um, the, the, uh, the All-Stars. And of course, New Zealand Māori. And mm. I asked him a question: Would you play for the Kiwis? Of course he would, mate. If I was, if I was a Kiwi coach, I'd be I'd be tapping on his shoulder, saying, "Mate, I want you sitting on my bench as number fourteen this year, at the end of the year." And the, yeah, because he's got Kiwi heritage. He's a yep. Māori boy. So, um, the thing that I like about him, what he brings to the team, is he brings energy. You know, so and it's in a crucial time when you want change to happen. When when that that's why he's the best fourteen in the competition. You know, twenty minutes and say, "Right, those you're on. You go in the middle of the park." The shift in the game is like that. And, of course, the, the big difference that I see, see that he brings to them is he's got really soft hands. So where we had Bunty of four, and you've, you're, you remember a number of front rows trying to pass each other the football, and they're not quite yeah. soft and good enough at it. Well, he, Dylan's played 5'8", so he comes in and he just goes, well, you hit that hole and I'll, and I'll hit you with it with a nice ball. Now, not many middle people will, you know, it's a modern, modern middle forward yeah. can ball play. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I was, I was going to say, I mean, probably the last – middle forward running around in this comp that had that ability, I reckon, was probably John Sutton. And he was a, a guy that had converted to lock from six. That's Yeah, yeah. The best I've seen at it is actually a middle forward by the name of Lee Crooks. 
So Lee Crooks was a halfback in a front rower's body. Like he'd run, he had this uncanny knack where we had this little halfback called Tony Smith when we were playing with each other. And Tony Smith would say something to him and he'd put the ball on his foot and he'd dribble it through a line. Or he'd throw just this little pass or he'll go around the back. You know what I mean? I'm going, mate, you should be, you should have a six on your back. <laughs> what you are know? you doing? But he was a front row. He was just, he was built like a front row and he did all the graft. But he, you know, he was, you know, that Harry Pinner, Gavin Miller. You remember those guys? Yeah. Um, Lee Crooks, you know, yeah. people always say, who's who would your front rowers be? Well, for me, I'd have Lee Crooks as my ball playing front rower, and I'd have um, Tony Butterfield, the Newcastle, who played at 95 kilos as a front rower, um, as my hard man. Because he played at 95 kilos, but he was like playing 120 kilos. He would bash in blokes twice the size of him, you know? So, um, yeah, they, they might not look like they're superstars, but when you're playing with them, they're the type of blokes that you want next to you no matter what. You yeah. know? And Crooksy was one of those blokes. And we've got plenty of rugby league still to come on the show as well. Richie Barnett is going to join us from the Dewdrop tri- uh, Challenge in the next hour to talk his chooks up against the Dragons. After 9 o'clock, we're going to talk uh, with Richie Agar and Ryan Hoffman as well, so we'll get both sides of the ledger for the Warriors and for the Storm as well. Plus, we'll take your calls, take your texts right throughout the show. Uh, also coming up on the show, Angus Tarvau is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit of uh, Chiefs and Super Rugby with him. Ben Ransom from Sky Sport UK will join us as well. We'll talk Wrexham getting uh, promoted finally and, and what the knock-on effects of that might be. We'll talk a little bit of EPL with him as well. We'll catch up uh, with Drew McMillan who's been in Adelaide um, catching the Live Golf, uh, the first Australian tour, uh, or the first Australian event on the Live Golf tour. Uh, we'll catch up with Andre Mikhailovich as well uh, who is part of the Fight for Life lineup too. So all of that and more to come here on Breakfast with Ricardo and Kempe. Uh, but time for our can't wait question of the day, Kempe. And I know you've had a, a little bit of time to think about this, so uh, we'll get your take on this shortly. But I want double eight double three double eight double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Let us know, or you can call us 0800 150 811. It's Anzac Day. So we'd like to pay respect to all our fallen soldiers who fought for our country by asking you this question. Which New Zealand sports person would you like in the trenches with you? If uh, you had to be in that position, who would you like next year in the trenches? Let us know, Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine, or 0800 150 811. You're listening to Ricardo and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.